is trying to walk a fine line here in my estimation of like needing to satisfy people that he's like doing something that he's not giving up on Cuba, uh, that he's not going to stop fighting against communism and so on. Uh, but Lansdale's plan and, and the attempts, the, the, he was deemed too ambitious that he wasn't, wouldn't be able to do it. So JFK sits with the special group in March, has them revise the plan um, and was satisfied with it. Uh, but they they didn't like this. Lansdale, Harvey, and Shackley especially deplored the amount of um, attention to detail and micromanaging from the high command. But I think for good reason, they wanted to keep the CIA on a pretty short leash because of what had happened with the Bay of Pigs. You know, Kennedy did not really trust the CIA. So you could say that, and people have, that, that RFK was personally really obsessed with Cuba personally. I'm not sure how much I really believe that because his actions also make sense in terms of uh, putting someone in charge of it who could make sure that it doesn't um, get out of control and that, but that RFK also could not really evince the attitude that yet, you know, this is all not, you know, uh, semi-serious. So it's, it's, Knowing Kennedy and the way he handled other things, you can't take it at face value. He's a person who used a lot of deception, I would argue, uh, and he used his brother as well in different ways, sometimes to sort of be the bad cop, I think, um, which we'll come back to later. Um, so they are wanting to satisfy these Cuban exile groups, too. They meet with uh, McGeorge Bundy, who's the national security advisor, and they are happy that the U.S. is backing them. And happy that they are receiving dollars, but they're unhappy with a lack of action that might conceivably, you know, give them what they consider to be their country back. Uh, so in March 1962, this gets some of these, they kind of get to the, the heart of the matter here, which is like, how can you, how can you actually invade this island uh, in a way that, it, that would be accepted as legitimate by anyone? So Lansdale asked the Joint Chiefs for a description of pretexts for U.S. military intervention in Cuba. And this guy, uh, Brigadier General William Craig, produces a list, and then Lyman Lemnitzer, who's running the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he, he promotes this. Uh, among them is Operation Dirty Trick, or, or sort of in this same time period and same general constellation of op plans and operations. You have Operation Dirty Trick. Uh, this is, Craig had earlier recommended that if John Glenn, the astronaut who later became a senator, if his Mercury orbit failed, a Mercury orbital fail, you know, I think Mercury is the name of the ship, right? Or the, the vessel and it's supposed to go around the Earth. Well, if they fail to do this with their little spaceship, you know, if they get, if they, if it messes up somehow, they should manufacture evidence to blame the Cubans, blame Cuban electronic interference. So if you imagine something like the Challenger disaster, 1987, well, imagine something like that happening in the 60s, but then the Cuba gets framed for it. Okay. That's basically what they, proposed but they came up with a lot of other suggestions too uh and these are get, are notorious now as operation northwoods and these are suggested by lyman limnitzer who was a, a kind of a psychotic person uh but he blended in in that milieu because they all were so he didn't even probably stand out in that regard Strange Lovian is the proper word, right? I mean, there are so many of those guys, and we'll talk about Dr. Strange Love later. But the main character in, or the main bad guy who sets off Doomsday is, is, uh, is basically uh, very close to Thomas Powers, who was one of the 
main people uh, in the military at this time period. So Operation Northwoods suggests that if they're going to go into Cuba, they're going to need to remember the Maine incident because having the Maine, parking it in Havana Harbor, when the Spanish said, please don't do this here because if something bad happens to your ship, you know, it could you could blame it on us. We don't want you to come here. Well, the ship blows up and then later you get the Spanish-American War. And uh, it was it was later determined that, oh, it wasn't sabotage. It was a boiler. Other people think they may have blown it up themselves. I'd guess that they did, but I would, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll never we'll never know. Um, so Lemnitzer comes up with uh, and the people working under him come up with his list of plans that they could use to be able to have a pretext to go into Cuba. They involved one of them was sinking a boatload of Cuban refugees on route to Florida and blame the uh, Cuban government could stage plane hijacks of American planes and blame Cubans. Uh, another one was to stage a, uh, have an airline full of potentially college students or something right on holiday. And then you, you blow it up and you blame the Cubans for it. Another one was an incident which would make it appear that uh, communist Cuban MiGs destroyed a US Air Force aircraft over international waters in an unprovoked attack. I mean, and George Bush sorted some, trotted some of these kind of things out uh, during the Iraq war. He said, maybe we could paint a plane up in the UN colors and then shoot it down and then say the Iraqis did it, right? Or something to that effect. So these guys never stop with this stuff. Um, also a series of well-coordinated incidents in and around Guantanamo to give a genuine appearance of being done by hostile Cuban forces. This is another plan, which the US occupation of, Guad of uh, Guantanamo is totally illegitimate anyway. It was part of the Spanish-American War and the lease should have expired by now, but they just stay there. They're just camped there because they want it. So they uh, this there's a, a March 13th meeting, Lyman Lemnitzer with McNamara. And David Talbot writes about this in Brothers. There's no record of this uh, about how Mac McNamara responded to all of these things, uh, but uh, the plan, codenamed Operation Northwoods, it never got higher approval. When Talbot asked McNamara about Northwoods, McNamara said, I have absolutely zero recollection of it, but I sure as hell would have rejected it. I, I really can't believe that anyone was proposing such provocative acts in Miami. How stupid. So this is from McNamara. And uh, after this, three days later, Lemnitzer gets summoned by JFK to discuss the Cuba strategy. And this is attended by some other people like uh, McCone, who's the CIA director, Bundy, who's the national security advisor, Ed Lansdale, Max Taylor, who's another uh, high-ranking general. And Lansdale is, uh, you know, doing his normal spiel about improving conditions for popular revolts, yada, yada. Uh, and he added that once the glorious anti-Castro revolution begins, we must be ready to intervene with U.S. forces if necessary. So Kennedy, you know, this provokes Kennedy, uh, and because he wasn't happy about being sandbagged into a, the military response in Cuba, and he backed away from that uh, or during the Bay of Pigs. And so he asks him to clarify. He said, "You're not proposing that that I authorize a U.S. military intervention, okay?" And Taylor and the others jump in to say no, okay. But Lemnitzer, on the other hand, uh, can't he can't help himself. He jumps in to try to promote uh, and push for Operation Northwoods again. Uh, and he he didn't go into so many details here, the worst ones, but he does offer all of them. He, he informed Kennedy that the Joint Chiefs had plans for creating plausible pretexts to use force against Cuba, uh, being either attacks on U.S. aircraft or a Cuban action in Latin America that they could retaliate for. Kennedy was not amused by this. 
he um, gives Limnitzer a pretty angry stare and said bluntly that we are not discussing the use of U.S. military force. Uh, and he icily added that Limnitzer might find he did not have enough divisions to fight in Cuba if the Soviets responded to his Caribbean gambit by going to war in Berlin or elsewhere. So this Berlin situation, in a way, is is useful to Kennedy because he is um, he he's able to point to Soviet actions that must be take counteractions that would be taken into account. So on the one hand, the vulnerability of Cuba of Berlin. West Berlin could be seen as a you know a problem for them, but from Kennedy's perspective, this was perhaps good because it gave him something to argue against the Hawks for. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to Patreon.com/AmericanException. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. 